Welcome to Bethlehem Covenant Church's sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed as you listen to this message. All right, this morning's message, I'd have you turn with me to Micah, the Old Testament prophet, Micah chapter 6, and we're going to look here just at, at three verses, Micah 6, 6 through 8, and it says this, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? No, he has shown you, O oh man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you. It's to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. You know, looking at those pictures that we showed here just a minute ago, I remember some of those younger faces coming up for kids moment and sitting by me there when they were so really young, you know, and, and going through VBS with some of them and watching them race up and down our church stairs together. We've gotten to see, see these five kids really grow up over the years. And they're a part of our, our church family. And, and looking at those photos, I, I also couldn't help but think of my own kids, uh, again, through the years. We parents, we have this, this privilege, don't we, of, of really watching our kids grow up and take steps. You know, we can maybe remember even when they took their literal first steps, you know, whether that was in our living room or kitchen or outside on the lawn. I also remember when... You know, first steps like Matthew when he first played soccer, you know, or when he first hit those drums. You know, I remember Aria when she got her little coat in her backpack and got it all ready with all her pencils and everything and paper inside and went off to her first day of kindergarten. I remember when we moved here to Nebraska, my kids were eight and six at the time, and I remember them first stepping into Hamlo and Wiss for the first time. I remember spiritual steps that they took along the journey as well, like when Aria and Matthew went off to camp or wanted to be baptized or when they were confirmed as well. Life is full of steps. Parenting is this privilege that we get, this joy of watching these kids that God gave us grow up and take steps. Well, today, what we celebrate in confirmation is, is just another step in the journey. You know, confirmation is just another step in helping to disciple our kids to better know and love Jesus with all their life. It's two years of learning what God's word has in it and what it means to live by it. And it's a process that continues. And, and, you know, many of the lessons I gave, I mean, I remember when I was a junior higher, you can maybe remember when you were too. I mean, most of the lessons came in and went out, and you, you, don't, you don't remember them very long. But we pray, and we've maybe even seen it in our own life as well as, as we've grown up. We pray that the Spirit of God will bring these lessons to mind, you know, when we need them most. And it's true that He does. They're not gone. They're deep down in there. We've heard them, and they become part of us. And it's my prayer that we would keep learning and growing 
and keep spending time with God and His Word. You know, and my prayer for these kids is that they would all through high school and the next steps God has for them. <clears throat> the scripture I chose here for today, Micah 6, is, is a really good one. He is a prophet. Micah is a prophet in the Old Testament who lived in a time when God's people had forgotten God and everything that was really important. And they were kind of just going through the motions of life, going through the motions of religion, but they were missing the main point, the heart of it, which is God. And so the prophets tried to bring people back to God and put their heart back in, in, towards God and to love him and, and the one who had saved them and, and that they were called to be a light in the world. And they weren't being a very good light at that time. And they had forgotten who they were, and the, the light had gone out in Israel. And, and so Micah was trying to reignite the flame of his people, the passion and the faith, bring it back to his people. And, and God gave him this very important message, which we read here in these three verses. He says, what shall we bring before the Lord? In other words, what does God really want from us? And Micah starts listing out things, you know, that the people might say. Extravagant things like, should I come before God with burnt offerings? Would that make God happy? Shall I come before him with calves that are, you know, ready for slaughter and sacrifices? Is that what God wants? Would God be pleased if I gave him a thousand rams or 10,000 rivers of, of oil? What if I gave God my firstborn even? You see, I mean, the extravagant things that... Mike is throwing out here his possibilities that would please God. What's going to please the Lord? But, but what Micah says here is, no, that's not really what God wants. In Micah 6.8, God says, I've told you what is good and what the Lord requires of you. It is to do justice. It is to love mercy. And it is to walk humbly with your God. And this is a powerful verse that teaches us what the Lord really wants from any of us. The first thing he says is he, he wants us to do justice. Another translation says to act justly. Well, justice and righteousness are the same word in the Old Testament. So to do justice is literally to be righteous, which in our language is to do the right thing. That's what it literally means, uh, that God wants us to do the right thing in any and every circumstance, easy or hard. But here is the kicker. How do we even know what the right thing is to do? In the moment, we might feel one thing, and the world is telling us another thing, and our parents this thing, what, and what we want is this. Well, what is good? How do we even know what is right, what is good? Well, well righteousness and, and justice in the Bible is always, always according to God, not us. He alone, it says, is the righteous judge. His ways are always good, right, and true. So this phrase, to do justice, is to do the right thing according to God, according to his word, his commands, his son. We submit our life in obedience to him and his way. 
letting his heart, his mind, and his will become ours. That is what it means to do justice. It is to do the right thing according to God. And that is truly the hard part because so many times in our life we're proud. We think we know better. And so that it brings us back even to the very first sin in the Bible. If you remember what it was, it was Adam and Eve in the garden when Satan comes up to them like a snake, tempting Eve to disobey God and eat the only tree that God told them they were not allowed to eat from. And Satan was able to convince her that it wasn't really a bad thing to do and that she wouldn't die like God said she would if she ate of it, but that the fruit was actually good for her. And so every day, this becomes our story too, where we are tempted to distrust and disobey God and the commands that he has given to us and to trust more in our own feelings or the lies that are being told to us. And, and so Eve, like all of us, gets tricked. And the Bible says in Genesis, it's so interesting, that the name of the tree that they were not to eat of in the garden was called the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So God gave them everything they needed and everything that they would even want. The only thing he commanded them not to eat of was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Well, what does it mean? It means that we humans aren't to decide for ourselves what is good and evil, what is right and wrong. We're to trust God in our life and to submit to what he says is right and wrong, good and evil. We're to live lives obedient to him, recognizing that we are sinful and often selfish, and so we can't be in charge of determining right and wrong for ourselves. God is the only one who is good and pure and just, and so we have to daily submit ourselves to his commands and his way and his word to find that right path. We have to put ourselves underneath God. It's the only way. And it's the only through his word that we can even see our sin or that we see the right way. We wouldn't even know what love really is if it wasn't for God revealing it to us in Christ. And we wouldn't even know what's pure or right or what we're supposed to be or who we are if it wasn't for God telling us who we are. So in all things, we are to put ourselves under God. So to do justice is to do what is right according to God and his word, to obey him. It's the first thing that he wants from us, to not just do what we want to in the moment, but to trust him and to do what he says is good. <clears throat> I don't know if any of you saw the Oscars last Sunday night or saw the news about it, but one of the presenters, Chris Rock, told a joke that made fun of Will Smith's wife. And Will Smith got up from the front row and he walked on stage in front of everyone and live TV. And at first the audience thought he was just joking, but then he just hit Chris Rock on live TV and then cursed him out right in the middle of the show. And all of the crowd went silent, and the TV monitors went mute, and people were shocked. I mean, he just snapped, pushed right over the line. 
And it has been debated whether he was justified to do this or not because of the joke. Well, a half hour later, he wins the award for best actor. And he goes on stage. And he's still obviously shaken and now feeling remorse for his bad behavior. And he apologizes. But what I thought was so interesting was that Will Smith said that at the commercial break, Denzel Washington had come up to him to try to calm him down. And Denzel is a Christian, and he's been public about his faith in Christ, especially of late. And he's even thought about becoming a pastor. But what he told Will Smith during the break was, and I quote, at your highest moment, be careful. That is when the devil comes for you. For this is when he tempts us to do what is wrong, making us think that it is right. Will Smith went on to say, I feel at this time in my life, God is calling me to be a light. But it's been really tough right now to do it. The media has, has drawn this story out all week. And, but this is just a little moment that reveals, I think, every human. We all can snap if pushed to the edge and be tempted to do harm and say and act in a way that is inappropriate and not good and isn't right. And the Lord is, is calling all of us, and the devil appears at different times in different forms to try and cloud our judgment and justify bad behavior, making us think wrong is right and evil is good. And sometimes we give in to that flesh, and we all sin. And that's why we all need Jesus and a righteousness that can only come by faith in him. But the desire you see for us from the very beginning, what God's will for us, what he wants from us, is to do justice, to do what is right according to him, to be obedient, to know his word and to obey it, to not lean on our own understandings, but in all our ways acknowledge him and let him direct our paths. He has shown us what is good, and that's what it means to do justice. Well, the second thing Micah says here that, that God wants from us is to love mercy. And mercy means kindness and compassion and, and grace towards others. We're to be a people who love God and love our neighbors and show them the same mercy that was shown to us in Christ. For Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. His mercies for us are new every morning. His grace receives us broken, sinful people. Well, God wants his children to be like him in character, to be people of kindness and mercy in a mean world. <laughs> and I will tell you, this is becoming a bigger deal today than ever in my lifetime. Simple kindness and respect for other people is becoming rare my wife and I went for lunch at Chick-fil-A and we're waiting to enter the drive through lane and, and it was our turn next and, and I just moved forward and the guy in the other lane just raced ahead and started to yell at me and almost fight me because he thought I had cut him off in the drive through line. I hadn't. I wasn't trying to. I sat there in my car as he is yelling at me and, and shaking his fist at me. And, and, and I looked over at Carrie and I was just completely saddened that our culture had gotten so hot 
and on the verge of snapping over something so little. I had done nothing and someone was cursing me who didn't even know me. Another time I was driving the kids somewhere recently and we came to one of those roundabouts and I always have a hard time figuring out when I'm supposed to go in those. And so, and I, so I think it's my time and, and so I ease out and this guy comes racing around the circle and he honks and, and I realize, no, I was in the wrong. He's in the right. It's his turn. I didn't realize that this was confusing to me. And so, but here is the thing. I wasn't trying to do something bad. I wasn't trying to harm him or offend him or anything. I just didn't understand. I was, I was out of place. I was an accident. I wasn't upset that he had honked at me. But when I looked at him, I mean, I'm sorry, you know, he flips me off. And I look at my kids and I think, man, this is the world they got to grow up and live in. Again, this guy doesn't even know me from anyone, nor does he care that I just made an accident. He treats me with a symbol of our culture, F you. <laughs> God wants something different from us Christians than what we find out in the world every day. He wants us to love mercy. And I have to have it with that guy in that moment. I have to have patience and grace and kindness in a world that will often not show it to me. What does it mean for me to love that person, to not retaliate and pay back evil for evil, but to do as Jesus commanded me to do, which is love my enemies and do good to those who persecute me, to pray for those who harm me? How crazy is that to try to live like that? I mean, what does it mean for me to forgive as I have been forgiven? What does it mean for me to overcome evil with good? Micah says, you got to love mercy, love it, fall in love with mercy, where you don't just reluctantly and begrudgingly be kind to someone, but you thank God for another opportunity to fight hate with love. Fall in love with kindness and compassion instead of greed and living for more. Love mercy instead. Love serving other people and helping them to succeed and being generous with them, helping them grow, giving what they need. Love mercy. Find the people at school that don't have friends. Look for opportunities to build somebody else up, to give them a break, to invest in them for success, not just yourself. To let them score the goal, to let them get the praise. Love mercy. When everybody else is putting someone down, you be their friend. When you could be angry and make that rude comment against that one who's just hurt you or offended you or some president or politician or sinner, Pray for them instead of being rude. Ephesians 4 says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. It says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Only what is helpful for building one another up. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Love mercy. One of the examples of mercy I always love to talk about is Mother Teresa. I really liked her because she just saw the most desperate place on the planet, Calcutta, India, and she told her people that is where she wanted to serve. And even when they, they didn't want her to go, she went because that was the lowest place. 
and she wanted to help the poorest of the poor, the untouchables, who were literally dying in the streets and no one cared. She hated the idea that someone would die not knowing they were loved. And so she went to the simple, with a simple mission of caring for the dying, and she started a home for the dying, serving people who could not pay her anything. Her mission was to show them dignity, those who no one was dignifying. She wanted to feed them, respect them, love them, and nurse them. Nearly all of them would die, but she wanted them not to die alone. She gave her life for this. One thing that is, is never really mentioned but uh, in her life, but afterwards has since come out, was that mother's feet, Teresa's feet, were badly deformed. Because when shoes were donated to the nuns, she would always take the worst pair so that no one else would have to have them. And over the decades, her feet showed the signs of her kindness. Love, mercy. Don't let your heart grow cold by the drivers in the Chick-fil-A drive through line or the people who flip you off or the hardships you've had to go through from the people who've treated you so poorly or the frustrations that you feel. Keep your eyes on Jesus who took a cross for you and love mercy. And then the third and last thing the verse says our Lord requires of us is to walk humbly with our God. And I love this because the Lord, I've been told this since I was a little kid, but it's the same truth over and over again. The Lord just wants you. He just wants a relationship with you each day. He wants to walk with you in this life if you'll include him. He wants to lead you and guide you and show the way so you don't have to walk down the wrong paths. He wants you to know him and his love for you. He wants you to believe in him and the one that he sent and to pray to him and include him in the decisions you make. He wants you to know his heart. And so each day we have this choice we get to make. How are we going to open the door and let the Lord in? Will we do this day with God or without God? Will we spend time with him in prayer and in the scriptures today, learning and growing? Will we let him into our life, our marriage, our struggles, our doubts? Will we be intentional about going to church and serving others? Will we walk this life with God in all our many steps? I will tell you that there is no better friend than the Lord. There is none more loyal and faithful who knows you like he does. None that loves you as much as him. And the joy of fellowship, of walking with Christ every day, nothing can compare to that. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3, I've lost all things, but I consider them rubbish compared to knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and being found in him, having a righteousness not of my own, but one that comes through faith. He goes on to say, I've learned the secret of being content whether well-fed or hungry, living in plenty or want. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You and I, we truly can face anything this world will throw at us when we face it with him. We can make it. He's got us. You were created to know God and to walk with God. That's the number one reason you were born. Don't miss out on life. Everything else is empty without God. You were made to worship God, serve God, love God. That's what life is really all about. It's a long walk with God. The prophets kept trying to tell this to the people. 
That God wasn't just interested in their religion or sacrifices or offerings. He wanted their heart, their whole heart. He wanted to be a part of their everyday life like any father would. He wanted them to know him, to seek him, to walk with him. That's why he created us. And that's why he sent Jesus, that we might know him. And upon that cross, all that separated us now be destroyed, that we might walk hand in hand again. I think all of us need to remember what God really wants. It's to do the right thing according to him. It's to love mercy and kindness and forgiveness and show it to others. And it's to humbly accept Christ as our Lord and Savior and daily walk with me. It's what life is really all about. Have a wonderful Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. We hope you are able to join us in worship again soon. To stay up to date with all of Bethlehem Covenant Church programs and events, head to bccwaverly.org.